2: Welcome to NBNR, the authority on unfiltered opinions and authentic player insight for Nebraska athletics. Connect with us on Twitter, Instagram, and at nbnrpodcast.com.
0: We have a saying, no block, no rock. You know, we just really love Hunter. He's a junkyard dog. Hey, Kenny Bell ran up to
1: me. He's like, you know what you just,
0: what you just did? <laughs> You're what, you get mad. You going to go get in the portal and go to another podcast? You know, usually dumbbells are in pairs. They had five dumbbells. <laughs> <laughs>
1: hey, got it, Muhammad! GBR.
2: Go Big Red Indeed, No Block, No Rock, Season 2, Episode 34, coming at you live once again from the Nebraska Brewing Company Tap Room, 108th and Harrison in La Vista, Nebraska, representing the LV. LV. Drinking the Shake and Bake. Again. Again. No shame. Of course. <laughs> Mike hates it when we talk about it because uh, we drink it all the
1: time, don't we, Kyle? We do. Well, you know, we still have this great MBNR beer on tap. And we we're yeah. not talking and giving ourselves love like we should be, but that Nebraska Brewing Company, No bach, No Rock Beer, is on tap here in the tap room. They still have a couple kegs left, so come in and try it. But, but now let's talk about the Shake and Bake IPA. Yeah, it's orange,
2: vanilla, IPA. Like we've said many times, especially
1: Mike, would you say it's the the, the, train, the training diaper? No, the training bra IPA. Training so bra. So for... for non-ipa drinkers like myself Uh and me and and kyle especially kyle you know it's a very good starter beer to get you into the pine cone drinking beer like like ipas so such a simp yeah simp Simp. sure call me a a simp (laughs) what do you what do you got a taco vesa i got the taco vesa today i wanted something simple light I don't want to go home feeling like I'm 300 pounds today. So that that's just that's well, it. that's
2: the difference between you and me. So yeah,
1: I like feeling heavy, which I don't want to say that's like on topic. Yeah, We're I was
2: on just brand with I, was, our I was just about to say.
3: Speaking of 300 pounds. Speaking of
2: heavy. <laughs> speaking of heavy. Yeah. So guys, we joke, but seriously, come to the tap room, 108th and Harrison in La Vista, Nebraska. As they always say, world class in every glass. We have another member of the Nebraska.
1: Pipeline. Dude, we need like I wish we had like a sweet food sponsor that could get us like a burrito or something that we could feed our pipeline because yeah. with the amount of O linemen that take their time to come on this show, they they need something. They need and, extra and it's, love. And it's not QT pizza yeah, so. No. <laughs> Which Mike did not touch by the way. Yeah, he's like fuck that.
2: <laughs> Speaking of, we said your name, Mike. Mike Mowdy. Thank you so much for coming on the No Block No Rock podcast. We appreciate it. Yeah, thank you guys. Appreciate you having me. So glad to be here. Yeah, while while we were shooting the shit before uh, a couple weeks ago, we had Andrew Rodriguez on.
0: Big A Rod. Okay.
2: Big A Rod. And uh, you said that you had a little story for us that you wanted to tell.
0: So I'll let you get into that. I got a good story for A Rod, man. I <laughs> tell you what, I won't uh, I won't throw him under the bus on this one too. He'll probably be pretty <laughs> proud of this, but. uh I can't remember what time what uh, what year it was. We we're heading in for practice. Um, I think it was my junior year. Um, we headed into practice, and for some reason, he pulls up in his car. I mean, he had he had a small car for a big guy, right? Like it wasn't a, it wasn't a huge car, like a Honda Civic for yeah. like a six foot five, three hundred fifty yeah. pound guy. That's what I think it was. He sits so and it was, just it was something, something small, some Honda. I mean, it was, and he pulls up and and gets out, closes the door and throws a couple f bombs and then he's like man i left my keys in my car. We locked his <laughs> locked his keys in his car. Oh gosh. We've all been there. All right. Yeah, yeah all right. everyone's everyone's done that. Now, what everyone hasn't done is <laughs> this guy and i'm telling you we talked about the intangible, right? And you know, you got you got full on body strength. I and mean, this guy could lift a house. In this case, he used his fingers, clawed open the door. So he clawed like into the the seal around the door. Yeah. And pried the thing back, so he literally bent it back off its hinge. Got his keys, closed it, and went in for practice.
1: <laughs> Who needs a locksmith? No. Note to self: if, if your car is in the parking lot with
0: Andrew, it's not safe. <laughs> I mean, and the guy just walked in. He had like a big bear smile and just walked into the stadium, and that was that. And meanwhile, I'm picking my jaw off the floor. You know? Yeah. <laughs> like, come on, man. what are you doing? Yeah, it ruined your car. <laughs> yeah. A couple hundred bucks there, but hey, he got his keys.
2: I think some people might know. need his number instead of calling the roadside Triple service. A. Triple oh. A.
1: He'll A. get you out of jam. Andrew. Pry my door open. Yeah, well, with your bare hands, please. It's funny because he was talking about all these different careers that he's taken since he's played football. Why the fuck didn't he just go and be a locksmith? Yeah, but he's like, no, I'm not a normal locksmith. I'll just rip your fucking door open.
0: It's like the 911 for locksmiths, right? Yeah, yeah. But to be fair, I'm sure a lot of people
2: don't want their entire door frame just. There's the loaded man for open that like type of can <laughs> Yeah, the can <laughs> opener hands.
0: That's my okay. story for him. So. Okay, shout out well, to pretty Andrew. Mild, but man, that guy, <laughs> love that
2: guy. Yeah, great. Um, okay, so let's let's stick with this uh, pipeline theme. Um, NFL draft just happened. Uh, Cam Jurgens was selected in the second round, and he's a guy that you know, despite the snapping issues and you know all of that, he's really coming to his own, like the last couple of years. Um, I think we all kind of projected that he would be kind of a high round guy.
0: What do you see from a guy like Cam Juergens being a uh, fellow offensive lineman yourself? I mean, I, I love his quickness. The guy's got the hips that he can get around. And and we all saw that uh, highlight tape that they kept showing was him pull blocking yeah. and, and running the guy out of the frame. I mean, that's, mm-hmm. that's what you look for. You Look for a guy who can, who can move laterally, but also vertically up the field pretty damn quick. that guy, can do it then he i mean clearly his his drive is there because he wasn't he wasn't you know not finishing blocks when he's getting out of, out of there <laughs> he yeah. got a penalty this year for excessive finishing yeah. a block excessive yeah. blocking yeah what <laughs> so- are you doing there i mean that ref <laughs> needed a, a slap or something because I, I tell you what that's exactly what they coach and i guarantee he didn't get in trouble for it. oh absolutely like, not i guarantee oh. it was that they played the espn highlight tape down practice time and and showing that in game film i'm like man that was a great block. Well, but. honestly, I'm you know
2: we all watched the game, of course, and it's like you can't be mad at that. No, no, nobody and, could be mad at that. And there was actually a a play earlier in the game where he got called for unsportsmanlike because he had he had blocked a dude to the ground, and he was just a dude that was just kind of not taking. He, he kind of took the play off. It looked like, and Cam knocked him on his ass, and th- and then he did the whole land on the guy after, and then he got called. It's like, I don't care. Like, no. ne- Nebraska's issues have been penalties and like kind of dumb things, but those two things I don't really count personally because yeah. it's it shows 100%. wants to it shows aggressiveness and we all want that.
3: Yeah, so I want you to kick their ass. That's the whole point. Oh, like, yeah,
2: right.
1: Yeah. Well, and and we asked we asked Andrew this a couple of weeks ago. Since we're on the pipeline, O line mentality talk. Okay. So we got a new offensive line coach and we're going from a more of a conservative blocking scheme to an aggressive blocking scheme. We're going to we're going to initiate contact now. We're going to initiate the blow. Can you talk about I mean I know Andrew talked a little bit about it a couple of weeks ago, but can you talk about the blocking mentality for for Mike Mowdy when he was playing at Nebraska?
0: <laughs> yeah that's an interesting concept of itself i've, I've never really heard it, you know we're actually going to go out and push some guys around that's yeah a little, that's a little odd right? <laughs> that's how we felt I mean, yeah and i i have been. why i mean i've taken a, a year or two off from from getting way too into the the kool-aid drinking but anytime you say that and you're gonna go out and get some guys all right i'm all in all yeah. right but at, at the end of the day i mean it's there's a yeah, you, you're gonna have that come and get me scheme in, in everything that you do. Mm-hmm. I mean, with with us, we do slide protection, we do man protection. I mean, there's an instance where you're gonna run, you know, pass the ball. For the most part, though, you got to be run heavy, and that's what's good. I mean, I can't really answer that question because I don't really know that that uh, mentality of now we're switching it up. I mean, you should always be in that mentality to go get some guys. Linemen love to run block. You should not love to pass block. Pass block, you can get some highlights and hit someone's ribs. But run blocking is where it's at.
2: Yeah, I think. Yeah, I mean, the justification for the the Greg Austin style, yeah, kind of kind of sucks to say that for him because I'm sure he's like, what the fuck? What? A, I'm I'm just uh I I'm just doing what we did at UCF and Scott brought me on and whatever. But we'll just call it the Scott the Greg Austin scheme where the justification was you know it's less risky. Um, you probably have guys who aren't as talented as the defensive alignment that they're going up against. So, it's less risky, you know, you cuz when you attack, right? You it's absorb. a more risky and you, you could get swum or whatever ripped. <laughs> I even though that still happens. It, it's <laughs> so tough to explain. I mean, it is. I don't know. But that was For a justification. You. It was less risky and
0: yeah. I don't mean to I talk got. down about those, <laughs> those boys up front, but man, those last couple of years, I, mean, I, don't, I don't know about less risky. I mean, what what wasn't risky? I mean, there's Sometimes right. it was like a sieve, and they're just everyone's coming through. And you're like, how the heck are they getting the quarterback in like a second and a half? Yeah. Well, that's, that's what that's when your running back should be catching the ball. Like, don't I mean yeah. come on now?
1: Yeah. Well, it's just tough because and we've said this so many times. It's like Scott overthinks the 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 game in front of him. Yeah. Like, so if there's like a, a high percentage play, like 90% of the time this is going to work, he's gonna take that 10%. He always does that, right? And we've seen that since he's came to Nebraska back to what you're saying yeah it's like okay all these guys are getting through why the fuck are we not running a screen why are we still trying to run a screen or you know a a swing pass why are we why are we still trying to you know execute these long developing plays when we don't have any time to throw the ball so yeah i don't i don't know if it's play calling but now that we have a new offensive staff in there maybe that will change we'll see right hopefully it's less cute
0: yep you know
3: Yes, yeah, just run listen, it out. That's him.
0: the thing, guy. I mean, football's simple. Like, football is a simple sport. And it should be. I mean, there's only so many variations that you can run that's going to catch a defensive coordinator off guard. Yeah. So at the end of the day, do something that works. The thing that ticked me off these past couple seasons was the fact that we had no red zone offense. It was today. so bad. Oh. And that's I mean, that's where you put up or shut up. Yeah. We shut up a lot. Like it was like, come on, guys. I mean, you got you've got a six nine tight end, and you can't get him on a crossing pattern across the middle. He just, he just it six, up six and see steps. What happens. Yeah, it's six steps. Like he literally doesn't even have to jump for the ball, and he's taller than everyone out on that field. Mm-hmm. That's and that's what irritated me. I'm like, man, we have no consistency down here. And like you said, we've got a lot of moving parts.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Trying to, I mean, we're trying to get the ball out. We're trying, you know, it's it, it. just doesn't doesn't work. And that's what I mean. That's the one area that I'm a little chapped at these last couple of years. Other than that, I mean, we can we can talk ad nauseum about everything else. But man, that that red zone, that's where. You you make it
2: yeah and I think just in my in my mind's eye I'm picturing at Minnesota they're in the shotgun and it's like go under center just yeah. fall over yeah. just
3: <laughs> yeah and then and then you yeah from that formation then you see the shovel passes up the middle and you start seeing all this cute shit and it's just like Whoa. why oh the, you know, the year before with the one they oh.
0: shovel it right into the defense and they're running it back on it I'm like yeah God come on guys
2: yeah. Enough about, you know, last year, <laughs> three and nine and close. We don't talk about that. Let's
1: talk about bowl game winners and, and like, guys that actually won games at Nebraska, right? That's yeah. That's, that's, might as well just be a
2: cave painting at this point. Um, Mike, let's talk about your journey coming to Nebraska. You had, went, you had played in high school in Colorado, and I had read when you came on your visit here, like, there was no contest between Nebraska and any other school. What separated Nebraska from every other place that you considered?
0: So for me, really, I mean, I I started it out. I didn't play football until eighth grade, right? So I was homeschooled up until seventh grade, technically. Seventh grade, I went out for seventh grade basketball. If you know anything about me, which you probably will now, um, horrible, horrible basketball player. Right. I mean, I'm I'm not even kidding. When I was in high school, I was I basically fouled out every game. Half of it was just because I wanted to be aggressive. The other half was I like, didn't want to play anymore. <laughs> right. That was okay, your so way of being it's taken too out. much running. Exactly. Okay. Right. <laughs> like get, get me out of the game. I'm I'm gonna at least I'll make it look good. I had a I had a, a kid's mom uh, yell at me because he tried driving up the middle and I just mm. laid him out. <laughs> and she was cussing up a storm, like cussing at me, and I just smiled at her and went back. I'm like, all right. I'm out somebody get this damn guy a football helmet (laughs) so that that kind of started it and then uh, eighth grade I mean seventh grade was just flag football I never went out for that so eighth grade was my first year and I actually enrolled in public school and so that was the first taste I got of of ball and I loved it and I was a tight end there I was a tight end up until my um, sophomore year of high school right so I was I mean believe it or not looking at me now then I was you know barely anything dripping wet i mean it's just this tall lanky guy perfect tight end yeah problem was going back to the basketball thing i had no coordination oh no so you try and get this guy out you know i I came into my own that end of my sophomore year and we played in the state championship i got a couple balls thrown at me and caught a couple but you know that wasn't where it was at so telling this long story but my the entire reason i i was connected to nebraska so my head coach coach ketron jeff ketron guys phenomenal guy he coaches at uh He was at Douglas County when I was there, and then he went to Chaparral when I left. Amazing man, and I credit him for everything that I've done, even my mentality today with kind of how I approach life. Guys, great, but you need someone in your corner when you're being recruited that can help you wade through the BS that's out there. I have no idea; I can't really speak to the landscape now. We're (laughs) going to, but who can, dude? (laughs) Right? You don't. You don't know. There's so many moving pieces there, and kids can get distracted like crazy. So he was great at like fleshing out. Hey, you don't want to go to this camp. You don't want to do that. Like we're, we're going to grow this organically and get attention to you. And he took it upon himself to reach out to all these schools. So, um, a guy, I I don't remember the connection, but, um, they were connected at Wyoming, um, Ted Gilmore, right? So Gilmore came out here. Um, he was a, he was a coach at Nebraska and that's kind of how the connection started. So we started sending him attention. They came in, um, Kansas state was there, Texas tech, um, Vanderbilt, Stanford, Northwestern, like those were all schools that we had offers from. And he had made the switch to line. I mean, that was that was what the demand was. And so I put on a bunch of pounds going into junior and senior year. And we had a phenomenal career doing that. And then I kind of narrowed it down. So me and my mom, we would go on these road trips and basically just do like a big circle of Midwest states. Um, I had wanted nothing to do with Colorado. The only thing that I kind of liked was when Fairchild was at CSU coach for a child okay. he was all right you know he's he's you know decent decent relationship with him i wanted nothing to do with dan hawkins when he was there right i mean we why grew is up, that it, it had to do with my dad we used to watch pipeline like pipeline videos growing up and i remember i still remember scarlet and cream the pipeline right yeah like those he OG. highlights right those are the guys you wanted to be like and that always just stuck with me, and I just I still remember seeing Sue steamroll Cody Hawkins. On that. Yeah, I mean, there's, you're talking about paintings. There's paintings of that. I mean, yeah. right? I think so it, I think we might make that into a T-shirt.
2: Yeah,
3: just saying.
0: <laughs> might need to.
2: Oh yeah, that pick six when he just oh. straight like. stomps on him. He says
0: like a fly. Yeah, literally. It was like he sought out contact. I mean he oh, yeah. ran at the guy's like, oh, yeah. this is gonna be fun. Yeah, <laughs> he was not running away. Down. No. no. <laughs> Broke his face mask with his thigh. <laughs> man. <laughs> so I mean, I growing up, I would just I just hated CU and I just wanted to see him go down. So that was when we were, you know, when I was being recruited, we were in Big Twelve. And I love Big Twelve ball. You know, the Texas, the Oklahoma, the rivalries that were out there. So I started building a relationship with Barney Cotton. Barney would come out and, and visit with me and then Coach Gilmore would come out so they'd kind of rotate and and come and watch games and stuff like that. I, get, I built a really good relationship with Coach Cotton and that was kind of the that was the thing. It's like all these recruiters like you don't build a relationship with the head coaches or anything you build it with your position coaches, which is great. I mean they get out if they get out on the trail, you can have a great one-to-one relationship with them and that started with Coach Cotton. There were a couple others that were up there. Ricky Ronnie was a running backs coach at Kansas State, right? So, I had a really – I mean, Kansas State was high on my list. Stanford was high on my list. That was when Harbaugh was there. Mm -hmm. Um, Northwestern, love Fitzgerald, great guy. And Kansas State and then Nebraska, those were my five, top five that was hearing it down. So, I visited all those schools, and, and uh, you know, that was when Snyder was taking over K-State. There was a good tradition there, but it just didn't feel right. Yeah. Came out so it's a came out for a spring game We did a we did a couple visits. So I did a couple spring visits um to watch some watch some football and they rolled out the red carpet here. I mean it was just it was it was a family, but it was just I mean, you guys know you grew up in this stuff. Yeah. yeah. I never seen anything like it. <laughs> I mean, I had the Broncos, I had CU, I had CSU, like there was never like this one big team that everyone rallied around. Mm-hmm. So the fishbowl mentality is when you came into this. And I I ate it all up. I loved it. I was like, man, this is a great spot. It was eight, eight hours from my house. So I didn't in, in Colorado. So yeah. I was still away from home. Right? I didn't have to worry about Just that. far enough away, right? Just far enough just away. Sorry, right, mom and dad, you know, yeah. I, I could have some fun and, and break free of that a little bit. Yeah. And I, you know, it was, I narrowed it down and we just kept looping around these schools and it, I started narrowing it down. I was like, all right, Nebraska, Kansas state, or Stanford. So when we came out for the spring game, we, we did the spring game and everything and funny story about that so me and my mom my my grandma actually had a prius and we're trying to save money right like you <laughs> know we had jeeps and everything like that and we lived on a, a quarter horse ranch out in colorado and all that but we're like all right we're gonna save money on this trip because we're driving a lot let's just take the prius it's spring there's no weather <laughs> yeah right we can see where this is going so we get out here have a great visit i mean weather is awesome nothing bad and then we're driving back, and that's when the blizzard hits. Yep. Oh, God. so we're, naturally, me and my mom, I mean, we're stuck in this pop can going down the highway, pop and these can. trucks, those semis, they don't slow down. They no, they'll care. blow you off the road. Oh, they don't care. Yeah. White out. I mean, you can't even see anything.
2: They right got a job out. to do, man. Get yeah. out their way.
0: I can't Get your blame little pop them. But can. you know, let me let me be in something, a couple tons or something, right? Like give me give me some meat that I'm driving. Something that. <laughs> that I don't weigh more than right. Yeah, <laughs> like, I feel like I'm driving down the highway in this fly and these these cows or something are flying past me I'm like what the hell are we doing <laughs> so that was my, my story there but on the way back I mean it was just the atmosphere and everything and I had a visit scheduled to fly out to Stanford the following week and visit with Harbaugh I mean you can't really say no so what that what happens in the recruiting process when they offer you they send you the amount the annualized amount of those four years at that school Right. Stanford. Yeah. Stanford. was was Pricey. I mean, it was almost a half a million dollars. What? That's what I have all these letters that are in this binder. That was the offer letter that was on there. So when you're looking at that, I mean, anyone that comes out of Stanford, you're set for life. Oh yeah. I just couldn't wrap my head around the Cali living. Right.
1: Yeah. That's not. Yeah.
0: I mean, it was, it was crazy. And so we had that schedule and, and coming out of that, I had a conversation with coach cotton. So this is ending the spring game. And I just felt it in my gut. I was like, this is a place to be. I mean, it was just – the the atmosphere was incredible. I mean, it was – that was when we were, I mean, packing the stadium, right? And it was it was amazing coming out of that. And I talked with Coach Cotton after a while. I'm like, I think I'm ready to roll. Let's do this. So I committed to Coach Cotton, committed to Coach Bo. And we, we drive back, hit the blizzard, and then I'm on the way back, what I'm doing is calling all these coaches, right? So I'm calling them, letting them know that I'm moving on, saving them some time. Mm-hmm. Kansas State – took it the best like coach Ronnie that's what I still got respect for him I don't know where he's at now but my god the guy was awesome he was like I understand I respect your decision the appropriate response, right? Think. Oh that, yeah, that's, that's right. like what a grown ass man should say. Right? Consensus, right? Yeah, you know, we're a couple of us are in sales and stuff like that, right? We, we get rejected, we're not saying f you or whatever, right? right. We're, <laughs> Thanks for the opportunity. You can't completely <laughs> right. burn
2: bridges. You gotta exactly. Keep, you know, you yeah. never know. Right? I mean, in this
0: day and age, if you got the transfer portal, yeah, shoot, shoot. You just, yeah, yeah, exactly. just keep my card. You're yeah. Good. Yeah. You want yeah. to remember to you remember Coach Ronnie, <laughs> right?
3: You'll yeah. see you next year. Exactly, I'll see you in two years. Recruiting doesn't stop for
0: them. So he was great. Snyder was great. Um Fitzgerald was awesome, you know, just telling those guys, letting them down. And then I call Harbaugh. Uh oh. <laughs> and Harbaugh, I'm not kidding you guys. Oh, like that, care. that solidified my decision. Like I ended that call and I was like, screw this guy. Like hmm. I made the right damn decision coming here because he, I mean, he literally Im- immediately pivoted into talking shit about Nebraska. Really? He was like, God, you were, this is the biggest mistake of your life. You're going to regret this thing. This is horrible. Yeah. Okay. So this was 2009. 2009. Yeah. Okay. Yep. All right. And I committed early. I mean, it was going, it was the spring going into my senior year. It's because I wanted, that's the thing. I wanted my senior year to be its own thing. No distractions. No distractions, right? Which I think will play into our NIL conversation down the road. It's just (laughs) you want that last year of high school to be distraction free. Yeah. And so I committed. I was ready to go. And that combo with hardball really left a sour taste in my mouth and just got me motivated. I was just, screw this guy i mean i won't tell you exactly what he said you can use oh. your imagination but i'm sitting there in the car with my mom on speaker i'm like all right and so she that's she it. just said we, right. we hung up she's like sweetie you made the best decision in your yeah. life. She's like that's the way to do it like, hell no, yeah man. let's do it that's wild write, man baby.
3: that is wild wow because yeah at that time harbaugh's not even playing nebraska no so you can only imagine what they're saying now
1: but he did play for michigan and, michigan man yeah and they did have to share some natties with uh, nebraska
2: so
3: that's true that's true
2: well yeah i mean harbaugh's a guy that's known as he he goes to a place he's pretty successful yeah but in that success there's some uh you know rough around the edges type of attitude or i don't know just way he goes about things on a daily basis and he doesn't really last long at every place he goes. I mean, no. that's that's the reputation for what it's worth. I'm not – I obviously don't talk to him. I don't know. But based on what you were saying, I could kind of see that.
3: Well, all I can say is NBNR is totally down for the fist fight that was set up by Bussin with the boys and Will Compton. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that whole deal, like Harbaugh versus Frost, like
0: set it up. Who do you got? Oh, I, I put Frost. Man. Oh, <laughs> yeah, 100%. I, I mean – you see Harbaugh out there in his khakis and everything. I'm like, all right, Frost probably got you beat there because that guy's still throwing around some weights. You can tell.
1: Here, the only thing I worry about with Harbaugh is that he's a crazy motherfucker. So like,
0: like Kinda I like feel the like, old man mentality. Yeah, you know, yeah. like no one challenges the old guy at the bar because I know he could probably kick mm. his ass because he has nothing to lose. That's yeah, like probably what it is. Yeah, no. I mean,
1: I just I feel like if if Harbaugh was down, he just won't ever go out because <laughs> like, he's just <laughs> fucking nuts. But that's just me. You make a valid
0: point. I mean, yeah, I can
2: see that. He'd be like the Jack Gangwish. just dude. Leave me alone. Leave me alone. (laughs) Frost just like all right. Dial down. (laughs) It's over. (laughs) Now that um, I've gotten my refill of no Bach, no rock. Let's move on to nil transfer portal all that crap. It's a subject that I don't typically like to discuss. However, Nebraska did just get a commitment from. Highly regarded, number one transfer portal player, O'Shawn Mathis from TCU. Big deal. Can rush the passer. Fucking finally. Yeah, we finally got one. Pin his ears back. You know, that whole thing. And and just to, you know, keep going with this, we had Mike Farrell on. And he even said, I think I'm leaning Texas on this one. Wrong. Wrong. Horns down. Always, <laughs> come
1: down, baby.
2: Thank That's you. Right. That's Thank what we you. wanted right there. And like I look at this, and Nebraska, similar to what you said, parallels rolling out the red carpet, like they treated him like he was King Oshan. Mm-hmm. And I know, I know, I'm kind of doing my whole Jared thing here, but I'm a little concerned because Nebraska has these highly regarded, you know, classes, and I feel like sometimes players come in with the sense of entitlement. Not all the time, but I just feel like hopefully this doesn't end up as, you know, Oshan's oh, coming here. Like he hasn't made it any secret that he wants to go to the NFL. Yeah. And he feels like the Big Ten is the place, the conference that will help him do that better than the Big 12. You had played in the Big Ten yourself. um, In the Big 12. Yeah, so you've seen both, th- both sides. And so before we get to NIL – do you think his um his opinion in that in that matter, Big Ten versus Big Twelve? Do you think the Big Ten is better preparation for the NFL than the Big Twelve?
0: I think so. Yeah, I mean Big Big Twelve. There's just a difference in in playing style. I mean Big Twelve, they're the D linemen a little bit lower on weight, a little bit faster. You know, Big Ten. Bigger guys and still pretty damn nimble. So, yeah, I mean, <laughs> nimble a good way to put it. <laughs> NFL caliber stuff. Yeah, I'd say Big Ten all the way. I mean, you're going against these these road graders that can move, you know, four nines and blaze past you. I I would say he's he's not mistaken on that. That's for sure. Okay. Yeah.
2: And you know, deals about his NIL oh, deal boy. is you know oh, we don't really know for sure. But the number that, the kind of baseline number that we settle on is the 500,000. Mike Mowdy.
0: <laughs> there we go. <laughs> Just go. Like, Hot seat, baby. Go. I, man, I'm telling you, I <laughs> my head always spins with this stuff. I mean, so backing up, my when I was there, I, I didn't take anything for granted. Like, it was awesome. Just, I mean, you were literally being paid to go to school. I mean, that, go to school, play ball, and that was it. I mean, you were earning your way. So I didn't see it as anything but that. Where, I mean, yeah, your scholarship check. I mean, you're making, I wish I could stretch a dollar as far as I did there to what I do now. <laughs> yeah. Right? Like, I mean, you, you learn how to budget and everything, but, but in there, I mean, the NCAA was so freaking hardcore when I was there. I mean, there is, so my story is, is, you know, you could have it outside every time you do a weightlifting session or a, a conditioning session, right? It'd have these big white picnic tables. And they'd have a bunch of loaves of bread. Like it was like Rotella's backed a truck up and just dumped all this bread out there. Oh, nice. The thing that's missing is anything to go on the damn bread. <laughs> because it was a violation. You'd ask anyone that comes on this. That was the thing. Guys would literally towed around. I never had to do it because I never had to. I didn't have to make weight. Like I was a little bit overweight, right? Like I, I mean, I didn't have any problem keeping it. But these guys, I mean, you know, talk to Jay Mitch or whatever. Like if they've got like a weight gain plan they're bringing their own freaking jar of jif peanut butter or mm-hmm. jelly or honey and because it was a violation if you didn't bring it yourself you could have the bread but you couldn't have the spread what <laughs> <laughs> i mean that would like, that was that was what the world i was in so when you start as soon as i left they started changing things the best thing that I ever got there was this thing called Husker Bucks. And it was in, initiated like my junior and senior year. So it didn't even happen the entire career there. And then you'd literally get, I think it was like 15 bucks every week. And you could let that thing load up. So I, I wouldn't touch it for like three or four weeks. And then I was dating my wife at the time. And we'd, we'd just go downtown. We'd save it up. We'd save up a couple of those checks. And just go downtown and go ham at Pickleman's.
3: (laughs) Really living the luxury life down there. Oh man,
0: right? You get that Asiago cheese, like flatbread, and load up after a night of partying at the bar. I mean, (laughs) come on, man, that's that's a dream. But that's the world I grew up in. Was just like these little tiny things just started to happen. And when I stopped playing, it was like the floodgates opened. This wasn't even this was pre-NIL too. Yeah, right. There were still talks about that that it was happening, Mm -hmm. and I mean, it it changed the entire landscape immediately, and I mean, they started get well. First off, they got spreads, right? They started getting peanut butter, yeah, getting all that stuff. (laughs) They started getting the premiums, the first thing to go, right? And then they just started, you know, they're getting like new uniforms, and they're getting all this social media stuff, and all. I mean, it was just, it was mind blowing. I'm like, man, I wish I could have been there. Like, I wish I could have done that when I was doing that. You start getting that little jealousy. You a little jealous? Yeah, well, hey, are you you mad? You mad, bro? A little bit. I'm a little bit mad, bro. I'm, I'm, you I'm, mad bro what, what, do, what do the kids say jelly right i'm jelly right? yeah I'm jelly. Jelly. come on man <laughs> he wanted the damn jelly Jeez. on his bread and he's a little jelly <laughs> that's all a guy was asking for i mean i was fine i was stretching out my scally check you know i was going to the train doing what i was supposed to do and i just couldn't get the you were being a peanut butter for my bread you were being a good boy i was and That's good. you know
2: now you got these guys coming in like Oshan's sitting on like that king's chair with the balloons <laughs> behind it and he's like oh, <laughs> oh my god VIP treatment. (laughs) You're like, if I could dislike a picture.
0: Oh, my God. Well, just the (laughs) social media these days. Like, I mean, I'm not a guy to, I I don't post a lot other than family stuff. Like, I don't get into yeah You haven't touched your your Twitter in like two years. No. You have a wrong opinion. I didn't have one until my wife got one for me. She was the one that pushed me to make it. And then I didn't do anything with it. (laughs) I just like posts on her her thread or whatever it is. She's hot. Right. Like, (laughs) Like, like, (laughs) like... I got to show some initiative here. Right. (laughs) So yeah. I mean, you see guys like that that are just milking it for attention. I mean, it, not necessarily Ochon or, or um, you know, I'm not I'm not talking about that, but I'm just saying these guys are like they're pampered babies. Yeah, and I don't mean to say that.
3: Well, and I mean like even even before NIL was actually approved, like Wandale was the face of Nebraska football. Yeah, and they were making videos for him, and he was doing tours of the university and uh, stuff like yeah. that on Twitter, and the media team was just following him around and giving him that exposure.
1: He had the fucking keys.
3: Yeah, he did. He really did. And so, like, even before NIL, it was like these kids were building their own brands. I mean, they might not have been getting deals for it or whatever that we all know of, but it was like you were still getting your own brand and growing whatever it is that you had going for yourself for after college. Like, Mm -hmm. it was just, yeah, it's crazy that, you know... You obviously missed out on all of that. Yeah. But it, it, I mean, you're right, though. The social media stuff, like that media team in Nebraska is the real deal. Like they, they will,
0: they'll, they'll make some good stuff. Well, that was the thing that was great about Bo, though. I mean, and there's, there's some stories that guys had with social media. And um, I'll just say this name. You can ask someone else. But, you know, Toby Okoyemi posted some lyrics um, about a rap song yeah. on Twitter. Uh-huh. We yeah. literally had a team meeting about it. And <laughs> Bo puts the snapshot up there and he's like, what the? hell is this and just dead (laughs) silent right so so that was i mean that was the answer it was like social media bad and i was you know i just i didn't want to have anything permanent out there that you know if i put my foot in my mouth i was an idiot then you have a problem so when you're out there and you're you know you're i started having twitter and i started having instagram and all that and this is the last i'll cover it but i never put anything out there but i got some shit out there right like if you had a bad game oh no you pull up your phone and that was the thing you dreaded so I hated that instant gratification thing where it's like I'm depending on someone else to make me feel damn good Mm -hmm. and I'm looking at my social media like there is nothing positive that's on this after this game like there no one's saying good job mike it's all bad oh yeah Yeah. right yeah yeah (laughs) Yeah. two
3: missed two missed blocks it's fucking over. hey nice false start asshole yeah Yeah. great job hey
0: good job (laughs) holding that guy dick (laughs) way to get get tossed by rashid Hagman. there you go right good good shit hey jay (laughs) cotton way to fall on your ass (laughs) just was never good but yeah seeing these guys i mean seeing these guys just milk it and do that i understand you're building a brand i think that's the day and age that we're in now
2: you you saying that you go on your social media after a, a rough game these guys with the NIL deals, imagine the backlash they might oh, face, right?
1: Dude, you're, it's going to be you're rough. Looking, you're
2: making half a mil, and you didn't even get half a sack today. Right. And, you know, it's not just about sacks, you know, pressures and all that stuff. But, yeah, I feel like now players are making upwards almost a million bucks, and they oh. don't perform.
3: And it won't be long, and I don't, I don't know if it's already happening or not, but it won't be long until teammates start turning on one another. why is he making more than I am and I'm producing more why is he getting this deal and I'm not there's going there's gonna be some serious stuff that comes out from NIL but you know whatever
0: was there any uh, McDonald's bags or anything no honestly we never (laughs) got any Pickleman's bags okay so on my recruiting visit when I walked into my hotel room I had a freaking cookie like a uh, cookie cake that was the only thing. <laughs> they knew how to lure in. I mean, it wasn't. It wasn't. You know, pretty pretty ladies or anything like that. It was just a freaking cookie cake. I'm like, oh, this is the place Whoa. I gotta be. I've, <laughs>
3: I've made You're it, baby. You're
0: the right guy for this. Oshan's like, I didn't get a cookie cake. <laughs> I know. No. Bulls, I got oh, a king got
2: chair. Up on him. Where's my cookie cake? <laughs> <laughs> That's oh, awesome. Oh man. Um, you had alluded to to Bo Pulani. Oh yeah. And of course, you know, Andrew came on a few weeks ago and he told his story about how he was thinking about transferring and Bo said, that'll be the biggest mistake of your fucking
0: <laughs> life. His Bo style, baby. Yeah. His Bo style. Oh, yeah. All up in your face. You got a Bo story? I do. I have one. Let's go. Okay. I have a good one, right? But- so, so I mean, I was I was a guy. I live within the rules, right? That was the thing. That was the thing you'll know about me. I was pretty straight-laced, right? You know, I, w- I wasn't really deviating from anything. So, here's the way that you can describe Coach Bo. And he would say this. If you didn't back me into a corner, if you don't back me into a corner – we're best friends, like we, we'll be fine. And he was a player's coach, and that's why what I loved about him because that's what my high school coach was, right? He's a gruff guy. He's very aggressive and just kind of. I mean, my high school coach had the had the small man mentality, like he was, you know, what is it, small man complex or something? Yeah, right? yeah, little right. man syndrome, little man syndrome, right? <laughs> yeah. Like he he was ready to throw down if you if you crossed him. But it was the same way. But it was just like you know, if you don't, if you follow the rules and you don't f up, you're fine. Mm -hmm. right so so the one time the one story i do have with him where i i I didn't even cross him which is very disappointing but so andy janovich right Mm handle head baby i mean that guy that guy could freaking break face masks like you wouldn't believe he so it was in the iowa game 2014 the iowa game don't kick it to Demorne. don't do it nope don't Don't do it don't punt oh it's horrible man we so (laughs) We're just running this block and ski. I pull out and I'm supposed to pick up the first guy outside, right? That, no ifs, ands, or buts, right? I pick up whoever I see coming off that tackle's ass and I pull around, see the first guy and I kick him out. And then apparently you get a hit and there's a fumble and I fall on top of the ball and then we, you know, and then we're good. I get to the sideline because I was a three and out. I get to the sideline and Bo lights into me like you wouldn't believe. And like I was telling you guys earlier, right? The thing with Bo is he wouldn't get closer to you per se but his nose would. Right. <laughs> like his nose just seemed to get bigger and more in your face. And it's just I mean, at a certain point it's like sticking into your helmet. And you're like, you're just taking it. And he's just spitting and hollering and snots coming out of his nose and all that. He's like, Why did you miss that block? What are that? And I just I let him get his steam out and I just pause. I was like, Coach, that was Janovich's block. And I look <laughs> I look over his oh, no. shoulder and Jano's watching this exchange and he just kind of melts into the bench, just yep, kind of just- disappears. And I watch, and Bo just stopped, froze, stared at me, and then just walked away. And I'm like, "Oh
1: man, is that his I way of got saying got away. sorry?"
0: He's like, "I'm done." He never apologized, but no. he was like, "I'm done." And we proved it right in game film the next day. I was like, "That that was Janovich," and I gave him so much shit. I was like, "Dude, I took one for the freaking team on that one." Come I on took now. so much nose
1: <laughs> like, come in, on, man. in that session. The amount of nose that I took
2: for you, Andy. Come on. God. Like knowing what we know about Bo, I'm kind of surprised you didn't, like Bo didn't come up to you later and was like, like kind of make it a joke or whatever. Cause he's, you know, like you said, he's a player's coach. Oh yeah. Run through a wall for him. Right. And so I just kind of, I would, I kind of assume that story to end with him kind of,
0: like making fun of himself in a way, like. Oh. Bo was good at delegating to his coaches, and, and Garrison let me know that it wasn't my fault, so I walked away. You know, I was, okay. I was, I was You're good. Right. I, I, you yeah. know, I was, <laughs> yeah. I was easy to let it go. I okay. wasn't going to back him into a wall. <laughs> now, let me ask you: after that exchange with Bo,
2: were there any other times that Bo got into you?
0: No. Huh. And maybe why? that's why, because
2: he's up. like, okay, I, I got after Mike that one time. My bad. Maybe that was his Mike way of knows what he's wrong. Doing. Right, yeah.
0: He's I like, know. I won't rip that guy again. <laughs> I won't put my nose in his nose next to him. Yeah, time. he knows what he's doing. Thanks a lot, <laughs> yeah. Jano.
3: Yeah. Of all guys, Janovich. Still salty Ganovich. about that,
0: man. He, he could have taken it, and I, he just didn't even come help me out just at melting all. melting into the bench. Man. Love like, it. Damn. I'll tell you. I'll tell you what. <laughs> can, you,
1: uh, can you talk about that McNeese State game oh.
0: where Amir put the team on his back? hey Hey, i heard heard the locker room interaction after that game was something to talk about it was bad man it was but i mean that whole game was like it was just i don't know what it was we didn't we didn't necessarily come out flat but nothing was going right and it's just one of those games where you're just not clicking guys are on different levels and it's just you know one guy's pushing everyone back 20 yards and then the other guy's getting knocked on his ass 15 yards back Hmm. like that was the type of game it was so there were so many things happening and to their credit, and I'll I'll give that guy a shout. I don't know who it was, but their D tackle, the guy was, I mean, maybe five five is what it felt like, but he was a freaking boulder. Hmm. Okay, so they, I mean, I'm not saying they're ballers, but man, this guy, he was a low to get get off the off the line, and just, I mean, that's just a testament to Amir though, and he knows he knows what he did in that game, and that was all him, and. I think that last run was fun because guys were, that was how it it should have been the entire game was just going balls to the wall and just throwing blocks and throwing your body out there. I mean, you see Jake Cotton jumping over a pile. You see me burying a guy into the dirt. Like it was just, that was the thing that you wanted. And the thing about Amir is he was as close to an NFL caliber guy as you could possibly get. Like you had to hold the block for two seconds and he's by you. And that's what you want. Right. And so he put it. I mean, yeah, he he put the whole team. I give him full credit for that game. But yeah, that interaction after it was terrible. It was, <laughs> but it was just one of those that you just kind of. I mean, you don't tune out, but you're just you already know. Like you're you as hard that. on yourself as you are that you're hearing it from another guy. And to his credit, he's the guy that can say it because he's the guy that saved our asses. Yeah. So everyone was. I mean, you talk about rapt attention. Like guys are just, yes, yeah, sir. Like all right, Amir won't let you down again.
2: Yeah. Was that Han? that was talking about that. And it's like, when he talks, you listen and like, he's not going to talk for no reason. No, there's a, it's a McNeese state. Like you said, you're putting a guy in the dirt and Spencer longs jumping over guys. And it's like, that's the way it should have been. That should have been like, we should have recognized we're better than this. Right. Yeah. This shouldn't, it shouldn't have come to a mere having to make of, I mean that run though. Insane. Do we even it's need? beautiful. If it's, we were up by a couple,
0: a... A couple TDs, that would have been a, a beautiful highlight reel. It's oh yeah, still great. It is. It's, it's a a like Michelangelo, Michelangelo man. It's great for me. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's a low <laughs> light. Boosted for... his draft stock a little bit. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> right. and,
3: and I mean not to throw like my own story into that, but I remember we were like doing some clinical thing. I was at basic training at the time, and I had a, a drill sergeant that was a Texas fan, and this was very rare, but it was a Saturday. And he was on his phone. We were waiting to do something, and he's like, um, he, "He talks. He said something about Texas." And so, of course, all of us were like, "Are you looking at the scores? Like, what happened today?" Texas. And he goes, "Well, who who are you guys fans of?" And I was like, uh, "Drill sergeant, I'm am a Nebraska fan." And he looks at me and he's like, "You guys beat McNeese State by one touchdown." And I was like, "Oh shit!" Like, <laughs> and, and and the re- the rest of the time in basic training, like I was known as like the Nebraska fan, and he would take any opportunity that he
1: could oh, to shit. dig into me and like you know just say i'm just shit or whatever you know it um, was. imagine if you would have been in that same camp last season
3: oh i know <laughs> i would have quit oh god it would was you have quit it would have been awful i mean Transfer there's a lot worse things that happen at basic training so i don't know but
0: yeah know, at that point that's where you can you know whoever win, wins that day yeah, college football game day. Just be like, that's my that's my team. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I yeah, I switched. How did switched. <laughs> Texas do? Go, go, go Bama. Bama. Go, Bama. You know they they won. Won. that's a good catch-all, right? Yeah. Go, Bama. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yep.
2: Mike said you would have entered the the portal, Co-God. but there'd be no NIL for your ass. There'd be nothing. <laughs> no picklemen's. No no cookie cake. No king's chair with balloons attached. <laughs> yep. Jeez. None of that. <laughs> okay. So ever since uh, Mike got you, uh, Mike Delaware, got you uh, scheduled for the pod, you know I'm doing my research. I'm like, okay, what can I talk about? I found a quote that <laughs> that oh you boy. had said. No, it's not even that bad. I mean, in context of 2021, it's bad. Okay, like, really build build like, this up
1: a little bit, like, all right? Like, like can't like <laughs> cancelable. Okay, okay, <laughs> oh,
2: even God. though you're not on social media. Um, least favorite part of practice, you. Oh, field I know where goal. Field goal. Ugh. I'm not a big fan of it. <laughs> it's a huge part of the game, but it's funny because you just basically step and block guys. Blah blah blah. blah, <laughs> blah, blah, blah. Okay, okay. <laughs> do you remember saying that? I do. <laughs> okay. I do. Yeah. Unfortunately, I do. In the context of 2021, worst special teams of all time. Terrible at Nebraska, and so I just I I, I just think it's a funny contradiction. That you said, you know, field goal is it's the worst price. So, j- just expand on that. Yeah. And um, just maybe expand on, uh, like, how Nebraska can be better at special teams practice-wise. What can they do so guys like yourself – because I'm sure you're not alone in that. No. No. So, how can they make special teams more of a priority and really emphasize, okay, guys, we're not effing around. This is serious. It wins or loses games. As you saw last year. Three and nine. Three and nine, close, but three and nine. 15 and 29. So just just throw all
1: the
0: numbers out there.
2: Special teams is important. So what can they do to really emphasize that point?
0: I mean, I think that quote is stemming from someone who grew up in a bow era where the little things were the things that mattered like that. And that was the thing. There was so much emphasis on the little things. You do little things, right? Big things are going to happen, right? We've all heard that quote. Our dads have all used that quote. I mean, Mm -hmm. that's what you hear. And I think about that because, yes, in the context of where we're at now, it's terrible. I mean, one thing you got to realize is, like, specialists are their own unit, right? I mean, they hang out with guys and they do all that stuff, but right. they were just their their own unit. They didn't really have to do a lot of practice stuff, like structured things. I mean, we had a, a special teams coach that would help, but really those guys were just – I mean, we had Moral Bondi, we had Sam Fultz, and the reason those guys were so damn good – Right. was because they just they actually practice when people weren't watching. I don't know. I can't speak to what the practice format is now. Right. But at the end of every practice, we would have special team sessions like they would build out basically five to 15 minutes where we do sessions. So when we're doing walkthroughs and all that, we would have a field goal session. Right. Little things are done right for an alignment. It's stepping six inches with your inside foot hunkering down and kicking out both hands like that. That was what it was. Keeping guys hands down, punching them in the nuts if they jump. Right, that was your that was your drill. That's what I'm talking about in that quote is, because it's just it's all right. One thing you trusted the guy in the back to kick it because you know no one's going to get over if they jump or hit the center. Like you're you know you're fine. Mm-hmm. And I just laugh and hearing that because <laughs> the struggles. It's just like it, we are so snake bit. And I think it's just it's purposeful. But I think those poor guys in the backfield, we haven't really had a lot of. I don't know, have we had a lot of blocked kicks or anything? I mean, it's not. Well, like I mean, out of the ordinary, I mean, it?
3: last year, the, our opponents scored every way possible. Okay. Unspe- so blocked punts, blocked right.
2: PATs, blocked field goals. Like, it was just, yeah. The one that stands out the most is, of course, versus Iowa, mm-hmm. where you had the game in hand, and yeah. then the blocked
1: punt with yeah. return for a touchdown, and then done. Not to mention that... Goose cooked. We find out later on that, so you're you're up man in, yeah. front, of the, in front of the punter... Yeah. Based on which foot he kicks with, you need to have that guy on whatever side he kicks with. And we had him on the opposite side. And so to me, it's like that goes back into preparation and kind of what you're talking about. It's like, how does that happen? How do you let that happen as a special teams coordinator? How do you let that happen as just like a player on special teams? Because like you said, it's a unit, right? You probably do this every day. And you need to know know how you need to
3: be protected. So it's like, you know, you're you're looking at something and you're like, this don't seem right.
2: (laughs) Like, this is wrong. Wait, during practice, you're supposed to be here. Hey, dude, it's Mm -hmm. a home game, so it's quiet on special teams. Yeah. Hey, get over here. Yeah, move your ass. Yeah. Like, if you can't hear you, then smack him on the butt and get over here or wherever he needs to go.
0: I don't know. I mean, I I think a lot of it, and and I don't, I mean, again, I'm I'm talking very conservatively because I, I don't know what the practice format is. Mm-hmm. But when you're looking at, I mean, when Frost first got here, his big, his big thing was he didn't want people to have a sense of fear. Like they could, they were okay to fail and they wouldn't have problems. There are guys that that fits well with, yeah. but in our era there, it was healthy to have a little bit of that undercurrent of fear. Mm-hmm. Right. So when, when I'm talking about field goal, right? Yeah. You, it's not the highest priority cause it's not flashy. It's not a fun job, but if alignment F's that up, you you wouldn't, you wouldn't play again.
3: Yeah. Is the thing right.
0: like we had guys that maybe would miss a punch. You would get ripped a new one the next week in practice. So there was that fear of like, yeah, we, we can go through the motions a little bit of just, you know, not silly so like kind of having patty cake. Right. But you knew when it was game time, if you let up at all, you're done from an alignments perspective, that's what it is. And I think that's lost a little bit. I saw, I went down, I did watch a, a practice. Um, they had like an alumni event. We went down and, and got to see a practice. And I yeah. swear, for the last, last 45 minutes of the practice, 50 minutes, Frost was running them. And I've never seen that side of the guy, and it was honestly refreshing. When Good. you say running
2: them, like he as was a punishment? Like gassers. Like Gass-
0: like across the field, I mean gassers, and Because they had like this little brawl, and he went all in on the – got to respect the the guys that have played here before you. I mean, he went all in on those, those points. It was refreshing to see because I'd never seen a spark like that. Okay, so if we take anything away from this table, there is positivity in how he approached that, because he, these kids. I mean, you you let them get away with stuff; they will get away with stuff. I was the same way, but I also had that fear that was in the back of my mind on everything of like if I screw up, it's going to be on game film. Coach G is going to rip me. Coach Cotton's going to rip me, and Coach Bo is going to rip me. Mm-hmm. Okay? So you've got to have that fine line of fear versus not necessarily fear of failure, fail it. Yeah. But I don't know. I I do think I like what you said, Mike. When you're talking about consistency, right? It's literally going like doing the maximum that you can fit into a practice, and focusing on the little things. Mm-hmm. That's all it comes down to. I mean, it's no, there's no magic ball, nothing that that's going to help with this. It's guys just gritting down and doing what needs to be done, and people holding them accountable. You miss, miss a field goal in practice, do it again. That's what we did. Mm-hmm. You just Run do it again. again. Run it again. Do it again. We're gonna get three in a row. We're gonna get three in a row, right? Bo would have competitions with the kickers. He'd be like, all the kickers would kick, whoever had the best one, won. Like he would, I mean, there was just, you can make it to where it's fun. Right. But I'm telling you, the consistency thing is mind boggling for me in these last years. It's just like, we are so snake bit. And that's where I don't know where coaching ends. And I think you guys covered this in the other ones, where coaching ends and personal accountability starts. Yes, yep. love it. Right, yep. I, I, I just think there's something missing there. In this day and age, and I can't speak to it because I didn't have this mentality. It was black and white. I committed a year early, right? I was set. I didn't have any distractions. I was ready to go. When I was here, I was bought in. It didn't matter if I was not going to play or not. I was going to stick it out, right? Nowadays, I don't see that with, with these kids. I feel like they've got too many outs, and I feel like there's not a lot of accountability. And there's a fine line that coaches have to play with the guy who wants to be pandered to mm-hmm. versus the guy, the blue-collar guy that comes in and wants to work. Yeah, and piggybacking on what you just said back
1: when you played your coach recruited you and you were com- you were committing for four years mm-hmm. now coaches have to recruit their players to stay committed for each year it's four one year deals yep. Yep. so you got these guys and you're like okay this is what my, my roster is going to look like but now it's hey I got to make sure that you know Garrett Nelson's happy I got to make sure Cam Taylor-Britt's going to be back. I got to make sure my quarterback's going to be back. You have to keep recruiting, even though they're already a member of your team. Yeah. Like, I can't even imagine Bo having to do that. <laughs> right. Oh, and, I mean, and, and the ass-ripping that, we,
3: that we've that we heard of from all the Bo players that we've had. I mean, granted, every single one of them has said they'd kill somebody for oh, yeah. Bo Pelini, right? <clears throat> but I, like you said, Mike, I can't imagine after walking to the sideline and getting your ass reamed like that, you know, probably a few times a season, Having to keep them happy and like not just entering the transfer portal and being like, I could play somewhere else and not
1: go through this. You like know I I yelled
0: at. I don't want someone to hurt my feelings. Well, yeah. see, I think, I think there's a problem here because, I mean, it's just, like I said, you've got too many outs. And this was the, the whole argument behind NIL was coaches have a free out, right? If yep. they get canned, they can go anywhere else. Yep. Right? So if you mess up or lose your job or whatever, you've got a free pass. Yeah, those are the guys that are making seven, eight, nine million dollars a year, right? In these contracts, and the players had nothing. I mean, it was like if you weren't a starter, you, you had to put up or shut up, or you're on scout team for the rest of your career. Mm-hmm. And we had guys. That's what we grew up in that era. That guys were okay with that.
3: Ron Kellogg the third,
0: exactly. Great example.
3: Yeah, the dude was. A backup his entire career. Yep. Third
1: string. Hey, he made that throw though. And yeah, he did. Got the and he now. and
3: he got the pay he he got the payoff for waiting
0: and working for that long. Well, and that breeds success in itself because guys see that. And we talk a little bit of you know, I've got the story that I'll share at the end about about Jack, but you've got these different leader personas, like guys that just kind of rise to the top that everyone can listen to, mm-hmm. and it's all backed up in some way, shape, or form by something they've done. Right? It's not necessarily a fear this guy's bigger than me or whatever. Those guys would get put in their place if they weren't proving it in some way, Mm -hmm. right? So you got these guys like Kellogg, right? People would listen to him because the guy was a genius. I mean, Mm -hmm. the guy, and and he made it fun for the O-line, and he he had your back, right? That guys love blocking for him. And that's the thing with the O-line is that you can't, don't piss us off if you piss us and you're an offensive player off, Amir could get away with it mm-hmm. because Amir would outrun anybody. So it's like, yeah, he could get away, but you know, you got your QB is they got to have that that fine line of taking care of their guys, but I just think that NIL stuff you just got so many points of of exit that no one's focusing on the here and now. Mm-hmm. And the money thing, I mean, yeah, I can I say I'm jealous about it, but I'm not really because I don't know at that age what I would be doing with it. I'd like to think that I was smart and I was saving it for if I got hurt, which is one of the excuses for this program. Yep. But at the end of the day, these kids are just going somewhere where money's being flashed around and Mm -hmm. we're obviously sitting, you know, we're seeing the benefit of it. Right. Nebraska flashes it just as
2: much as anybody. Exactly. You You have to. Supposedly. (laughs) Yeah. Right. Yeah, and yeah. hey, don't play, don't hate the player, hate the game. Yeah, hey. it's
0: all in the game, baby. And, and we 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 won this round. I mean, it's like, all right, let's feel good about ourselves. We got the deep pockets that are willing to pay for that stuff.
2: Yeah, let's take advantage of it. Do
0: yeah. it. Sorry, Do
2: it. and
3: like, I mean, talking sorry. about like leaders and stuff that mm-hmm. are are basically just basing themselves off of what they accomplish. I mean, you look at Sam Foltz. Yeah, that position of anything on a football team. How many times? How many places can you say like the punter was one of the biggest leaders in a program? Mm-hmm. Like, it's just bizarre, right? But the way that he presented himself, the way that he handled his business, and the way that he performed on the football field gave him credibility in that locker room, and everybody followed him, and everybody loved him. And then after he passed, the whole state mourned because he was our guy. He right. was, he was you know, he was like the face of Nebraska football. And so, yeah, I think that's a really good point.
0: I think the the one, the big detriment that people aren't really addressing is like you said, Kyle, it's the... It's the fact that these players come in, they've already got that sense of entitlement, sometimes so much so that it's all me, 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 right? Mm -hmm. Like I was a little nervous with our new QB, Casey, Mm -hmm. right? Because there was a lot of of stuff that was being touted about him. And I'm sure he got some awesome NIL deal and all that, right? But that aside, when you come in, you can't automatically be a leader. Going back to what I said, you got to earn it. And guys still do that. I mean, there's still a bunch Mm -hmm. of guys on that team that have that team mentality, Right, where they want to succeed together. Mm-hmm. I feel like this nil thing—the the serious downsides—is starting to separate those guys from the other guys. Right, so you may be five stars, you may come in, but you're going to be hurt down the road because guys are seeing you in it for the money rather than in it for the culture or the the team.
2: And he, great point, because here's the thing about a quarterback and you, defensive ends like Oshawn Mathis are are kind of the unicorns. But you got to think as a quarterback, you, you are the one and like you said you have these whole other said group of guys who for quite frankly they're not going to get paid as much they're not going to get the the hype and the love that the quarterback's going to get or the hate i guess or the the attention overall right so yeah if you're the quarterback and you're going to be making a million dollars let's say you're going to have guys around you that are making i mean not nearly as much so yeah you you got to be the glue that keeps everyone together earn that yeah that money right don't don't be turning the ball over all the time mm-hmm. don't hey, be you, trying you, don't be trying to lead if if you're not speaking
0: on the field yeah right so well and you I mean you can be you can be flashy and all that stuff but in the in the time where that counts of being a leader is you got to be not so the quiet guy but get in and get your work done mm-hmm. so that would be my advice. If that guy was sitting here right now, if Mathis was sitting right here now, I'd be like, "Dude, take the money, yeah. Obviously, take the the clout that comes on social media, right? But stay focused. When you get in there and it's time to strap up for practice, take care of your guys around you. Mm-hmm. I'm not talking sharing any of that stuff, right? Yeah, <laughs> I mean, we're not talking well, about NFL getting buying the line, Rolexes or whatever. Right? What I'm talking about is show up and be like a Levante David, right? Be mm-hmm. quiet. And get your work done and be a leader just by showing what your actions are. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Show your love of the game. Show your love of the guys around you. Because that's at the end of the day what the best thing about football is, is it's a group of guys. It's not an individual game. No.
2: Brotherhood, right? It is.
0: Camaraderie. hundred percent. And that's what, I mean, that's what I personally love about it. And that's what I, I loved about it since I started playing it. But I think if that guy was sitting here, that would be my advice to him, is take all the stuff that comes with it. Enjoy it i mean it'll only last for a little bit and who knows you know there's who knows what happens down the road but while you're here take care of your guys with you like bring your guys along with you yeah and you'll be fine
2: exactly so i think this will kind of be like our our concluding segment yeah um you are wearing your aces impact polo shirt pretty pretty fitting for this for this next kind of topic we'll talk about um so your son passed away unexpectedly um back in 2018 2019 2019 yep. excuse me april 2019 and so to pay tribute to that to ace the softball team had kind of rallied around you guys and they helped build this new facility out in bowling stadium um just kind of go into a little bit about that paying tribute to your son and what that entailed and who was involved in
0: all that yeah so so ace was my my firstborn, and uh i'd, I'd actually met my wife at school uh, my sophomore year when we, we had summer classes together and she was a softball alumni. Um, and so we, we just, we both have kind of grown up in that student athlete atmosphere and, and we hit it off really well and, and got married and, um, Ace was our firstborn, and, you know, he's was, it, he was 19 months old, um, healthy kid, happy kid. Um, the best we could have been blessed with as parents. And we took him down for his, his uh, first game. It was April, um, April. April 5th, we took him down, um, to Bowling stadium and we were just, I mean, it was just the perfect day, right. It was the best day ever, um, playing with him on the, on the third base berm, you know, watching the game, catching, Mm -hmm. you know, the, the players throw out these, these softballs right before the game. He, he got a couple, I mean, it's just, it was a perfect day. And, um, we were driving home and, you know, we called our parents and all that. It was just like, man, this is awesome. We got to come down to do this more because we hadn't had a lot of interaction with the university since then, since we'd both stopped and I mean, life goes on and, uh, you know, woke up the next morning and, um, I found him, I found, uh, Ace passed away and, you know, in that kind of stemming from that, I mean, you don't really know how to, how to act. I mean, everything's numb and you're just kind of going through the motions of life, not really knowing where to start. And coming out of that, so my, in that term, I mean, we, we always knew that was his last day. That was his, you know, that was his spot that he, you know, that was where he spent his last day. That was what was coming out of it. We're like, we couldn't get over that fact. And the, my, my wife's coworkers. Um, Katie and Jen, I'll give them a shout out. We'll, th- we'll throw out a shout out for them. Mm-hmm. Hey. They called the university, um, and they were asking, they they called the athletics department. They're saying, Hey, what is something that we could do since this was his last day on earth here? He spent it here at, being a Husker and all that stuff. What, what could we do to, to commemor- commemorate him? Right? Mm-hmm. Thinking of something small like a plaque or something. And, um, they got on the horn with Coach Ravel, and Coach Ravel was like, this is a perfect opportunity to show what Nebraska is actually about. And I mean, yeah. the reason we're sitting at this table is because it is a community. Yeah, right? Right. You can literally Absolutely. go out and talk to someone and have a hour-long conversation, right? Everyone loves somebody, and everyone loves everyone, right? Like, yeah. It's a very close-knit community. And she came up with this idea, we're going to put a playground, a full-size playground, in the spot that Ace was playing on. So third base berm, and they're at Bowling Stadium. Wow. And it's called Ace's Place. And three years, I mean, it was it was a nightmare raising funds. God bless. We needed seventy five grand to get this thing built. Me and my wife, the majority of it, $50,000 worth was organic growth, right? So it was just beating the streets and doing GoFundMes and all that stuff. So wow. we pretty much maxed out our community, right? Yeah. Second, third, fourth level connections and, and just... Couldn't really ask for anything else. And then, of course, COVID hits, right? So everything gets derailed. Yep. Then the $150 million facility hits. Yep. Right. So right. all this attention is off this this initiative, and we're discouraged and everything. We're coming up those three years. And then this guy comes out of the woodwork. Um, his name is Jim. I won't say the last name, but um, Jim, he, he wanted to memorize, find a, a cause he could get behind with his wife and heard about this initiative from the athletic department and he put up the final 25 g's wow Jeez. put the put the nail in it and we we called it good and we were able to break ground and we just we had our first opening a couple weeks ago yeah, we, yeah. i saw the video oh, oh man it was amazing we had alberts there we had ronnie green i mean it, it really showed i mean come what i've taken away from nebraska is all that i mean the people sports are great you know everyone gets behind the football team but there's so much more that goes on there mm-hmm. than People always see. Right. And that is that's why I mean, I love the state. I'll never leave this state. I'll never leave Nebraska. And I, I won't stop cheering for them because that is what Nebraska is about. And so we got this playground built. It's ready to go. It's all open. I mean, if you guys ever have the opportunity to go down there, mm. check it out. Anyone who's listening to this. I mean, take your kids there on a on a game on a Saturday when they're playing at home and spend 10 bucks for a ticket and get in there and play because there's that's a place that you can make some memories yeah yeah and, and get some things going so yeah.
2: mike's uh tailgate spot is hey, over there you go yeah, over by yeah. in and right so,
0: there in uh left field so hey,
1: we're, we're right there check it out man i, I can't wait check I it really out. can't it's that's,
0: it's a blessing man i tell you what the stuff that came out of that it's just it's cool to see and you know we're, we're blessed to have that to to commemorate our boy but it's also a blessing that people can go there and make their own memories with their kids that we did too
2: right so, I mean, it's amazing to think you know I, he was here for a very short time on earth but yeah. that thing will as far as we know will be there for a very long time and always have his name attached to it and a, a beautiful way to commemorate his memory absolutely amen
0: yeah left an impact that's for sure yeah yeah, yeah. it's a cool stuff there i mean that's there's sweet a lot of cool things
2: okay so is there Is there anything you had made a little notepad before you came on? Because the No Block, No Rock podcast is a very big deal. Oh, yeah. yeah. (laughs) Hey, first first guest that brought his own notes. First (laughs) first guest that came in and he's like, Mike? uh, (laughs) Jared? Kyle,
1: yeah, yeah, <laughs> it was great. Did his I homework did before he got yeah. here. We and felt that's really coolest good. Thing, we'll, ever. we'll sign your
0: notepad. Later. There you <laughs> go. Do it, guys. I'm collecting signatures. Let's do that's it. <laughs> I'll give you a lock of hair. There you go. <laughs> my red hair.
2: um Is there anything that you, that we wanted to talk about before we signed off? Anything that
0: you know you just want to uh, put out there on the airwaves? You know, just just fun stories. I mean, I I always think about you know fall camp. Fall camp is always my. Those are the memories that are the most painful, but also the, I mean, the most fun because that's, you are literally eating, drinking and breathing football all day, every day there. I mean, you're doing two days and it's, it's hundred degrees out. No, there. it's awesome. It's I great. Mean, <laughs> that's where that, we call it the crucible, right? Like that's where guys are just getting boiled to a crisp and, and you're trying not to cramp up. I mean, poor Jason Ankra, poor Jankra, that poor, poor guy, uh, man. <laughs> He would, he would cramp up every uh, single practice. So it was like they'd have like 10 IV bags just waiting for him. He'd cramp up. <laughs> Sorry, Anchor, we had these anchor old, <laughs> bags. <laughs> yeah, anchor, anchor bags. bags. Right? <laughs> I mean, it was, it was a given thing that he'd do that. And then we had freaking horse stock tanks, like those big steel mm-hmm. stock tanks full of ice and water. And you just have to soak in there every single time. So you got a, you know, 20, 30 guys sitting in the same tub after Bleeding and sweating through a whole oh, day yeah, of practice, but
1: that smelled good. The oh
0: man, it was horrible. I I still do it. When I went down there to visit for practice, I was like, oh, this brings back memories. <laughs> <laughs> Not so the best ones, painful memories. But in that, I mean, it's like you're you're you show up at the stadium at at five a.m. or six a.m. You're in meetings, then you're out practice, then you get lunch, then you're in meetings, you're in film, you're in practice, you're prepping, and then you finish up, and you don't get out of there until like nine thirty or ten at night. Sometimes even later. So guys would literally bring sleeping bags to nap in between meetings. <laughs> and but my point of bringing this up is we're talking about leadership. We're talking about all that all that stuff. That's where the leaders were made, and that's where the leaders showed up. Okay. So we talk. You, you guys have had a couple walk ons on, right? Hunter and and Utter, right? Yep. And Great guys, right? And B Riley and B Riley, yeah, yeah, yep. Guys that that proved why they showed up at Nebraska <laughs> to you- try out, right? And that's the thing. I've got the most immense respect for anyone who walks on because there are no accolades. There is nothing tying you to the program. And these guys show up and they've got a chip that's bigger than you wouldn't believe. And they'll let you know it. And that's what I loved about it. That's why I got to know Dylan Utter and Han on on scout team. It was like, you're in the thick with them and you're grinding through it. Well, number one walk on that I can think of, of, I guess, pure grit, strength, and aggressiveness is Gangwish all the way. I mean, he was the guy who was so freaking annoying because he would go 110% every single day, every single second of practice. Didn't matter what you were doing. If you were, in no, you were in shells and you were just doing a walkthrough pregame, the guy is trying to get a highlight reel made. And so he, that's the type of guy he was. He just was black and white, fun guy to be around, right? He, When it was time to party, he'd party. Right? Yeah. When it was time to work, he'd work. And in fall camp, I think it was my senior year, going into my senior year, we had a guy, Josh, his name. And uh, and everyone we had like a, a piss break or something. Everyone goes to the, the bathroom. There's a big long on line and, and everyone's waiting. The line goes out the door. And this kid, I think it was his first, it was his first year on there, and he comes walking in and he's being goofy, right? But you're being goofy at nine o'clock at night with a group of you know, 105 guys that are pissed and tired and angry, and they're just trying to take a leak. <laughs> and so I'm building this up way too much. end of the day, right? this guy cuts the line and he gets up there at the urinal and he's he's pissing and everything just gets kind of quiet like some guys giggled like they were like oh this kid's kind of being funny but it gets dead quiet and then Gangwish is like what the f are you doing <laughs> like just dead sign, like pure silence just splits it and he's like what the f are you doing and the kid turns around and he's laughing he's like oh man I, I got you guys i'm cutting the line and jack went up and i'm not kidding you, it was like a dad he grabbed him by his neck and he slammed him up against the wall and he held him there and he just he let loose with some profanities. I can't even I can't even put on this because you'll yeah. be able to air the episode. You, you, no, you can. But I mean, oh, if, man, you know, it's, it's not I necessary. Mean, <laughs> he let him know. And, and they got no tussle. And I mean, you can't get into a fight with Jack because Jack's the guy. He is the old guy at the bar. Like he's you can't back him into a corner. Right. You're going to lose. It doesn't matter. If <laughs> he's going to find a way. Pounds, yeah. He'll find a way to beat you. And that's what this kid did. I mean, he, he threw him up against the wall, and then he literally walked him out and threw him out of the bathroom. And that kid, he learned his place. To his credit. <laughs> yeah, Guy learned, learned not to mess with Jack. No, That's just again. who he was. I mean, guys, he would just, he walked the walk. And, man, I'll give Jack some credit, man. I, I loved, as much as I hated going against him, I loved going against him. Because the guy, it was, you know, iron sharpens iron. Yeah. That's all he was.
2: We have heard this story before. Mm-hmm. Who was it? That yes, told, was it Josh Mitchell? You were telling this, and I'm like, I could have sworn Sounded someone familiar. Said it. Yeah. Oh yeah. It, it, yeah. We we've heard yeah. the story. Yeah. Because oh, yeah. it's a, yeah, it's a big one. Jack Gangwish has been mentioned three times on No Block No Rock, and we still haven't got him on. Where the pod. is this guy? Have you yeah.
0: messaged the Gripper man? Did we oh. tried? Really? Yeah. Oh, I'll I'll push I'll push it for you. I'll, <laughs> yeah. I'll be like, Jack, come on, man. Everyone's talking about you. You gotta give these Just, guys to the, yeah.
1: yeah. Is he, he a local
0: guy? He is. Okay. Yeah. okay. Just check. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. He's he's still out there.
1: This is gonna be like a, a new okay. hashtag. It's like MBNR wants come Jack. On. Get Jack out here. <laughs> yeah, get we we need Jack. All right, Mike. Plug yourself. What are you doing now? Tell the listeners what you're doing now. Uh, where can they find you on social media? spit it all let's let, let's hear it
0: all right well social media is pretty pretty easy you just type in mike Mowdy and you'll find me at mike Mowdy 74 on insta if you want to be my friend feel free to be my friend <laughs> um my wife always gives friend. me crap she's like who, who is this person that's following you i'm like i i don't know but i'll accept an invite right yeah. so i don't post anything bad so whatever i'm um, not sure what my twitter handle is facebook just search it um <laughs> If you well, want, there's a
2: 74, Mike 74,
0: right? Yeah, I think that's my Insta and Facebook. So, have you logged into Twitter recently? <laughs> I I have Twitter, but it's mostly just to scroll through, see scores and all that stuff. All right? You know, like his wife you, stuff. You might yeah. have to use it tomorrow. Exactly. I'll tweet, I'll tweet it out. We're gonna yeah. tag. We're gonna tag you and stuff. So, do it.
1: Yeah, his first tweet in like two years. It's gonna be because of us. Oh God, that's gonna
0: that's gonna bring back some uh, some bad flashbacks. And we'll be like, I'm gonna see all these notifications oh. going on. Oh shoot. <laughs> mute, mute. Oh. Um, as for what i'm doing now i mean there's really two paths coming out of college while you go to the nfl or you get in sales so um i'm in sales so nfl oh sorry yeah i mean i I wish guys i wish (laughs) i wish i I never made it that far but you know i i switched over and and uh, now i'm doing technology sales so um small to mid-sized businesses helping them with payroll and hr and all that with a company called Paycor, based out of cincinnati we're here local we got a couple guys here local and um yeah, I mean, if anyone has any help with uh, with need any help with bookkeeping, payroll needs, or anything, and um, would love to help you out, so feel free to look up my my contact. Add me on LinkedIn if you want to add me on LinkedIn. That's hey, the social media okay. I use. There you that's, go.
1: That's that's the best one to use. The LinkedIn. When you become yeah. like like when we're adulting now unless you have a podcast because you're dumb (laughs) like like grown-ups use use linkedin (laughs) some people try and turn it into the twitter i'm like man hey i want to send you a private message right
0: (laughs) yeah want to meet me at the bar let's keep this professional guys what are we doing here (laughs) you know add me on linkedin but yeah if you guys have any needs or that you know let me know mike let
2: let me just say being in the teaching profession myself there's plenty of teaching jobs out there. <laughs> there <you go. laughs> and I'm saying this because you wanted to be an English teacher. I did. That's where I started. I'm not going to ask you what happened. What veered you off into the right course? Well, you want to know what <laughs> did? it was practice, man. You
0: couldn't, couldn't get a word in edgewise trying to, trying to do that and practice. I mean, I don't know how guys do it. They get that teaching degree and you know, I don't to, know.
2: To be fair, like you said, a lot of guys go into sales or they go into a, Real estate. Real estate. real estate real estate
3: insurance, insurance. yeah yep. yep okay well not to not to cut you off no but uh but you know mike we uh, this is kind of like my favorite segment oh it's uh, favorite at part. the end of every episode yeah. all right all right we i mean we can't thank you enough for obviously being on NBNR but obviously everything that you've done with you know Aces impact and everything like that you know your connection with the university and all that good stuff and It's always amazing to us, everybody that sits at this table with us and just has an hour-long conversation about Nebraska athletics and, you know, your experience. It never fails us to realize that, like, the impact that all of the former players and things like that have um, on the state, people coming from out out of state, you know, and then residing here and staying here and continuing to make an impact for the state of Nebraska. Yeah. I mean, it's just fantastic, and it's something that's so cool that we get to sit here and just talk to you, and just get to listen to your story. And it's something that the listeners love, and it it, it doesn't get past us that you know you're taking your time out just to have a conversation. So we really appreciate it.
0: I, I appreciate it too, guys. It's been fun, and uh, it was. I was thinking about it kind of leading up to this when when I said, "Yeah, I'll be on." Just it was nice kind of doing some reminiscing. So I guarantee these guys that come on. I mean, the guys past and present that are that are jumping on this thing. It's fun. I mean, it was fun, kind of going down the nostalgia it? lane, yeah. right? It's yeah. fun. Hey, there we yeah. go. Let's dust off the old memories yeah. and see what we got. <laughs> yeah. All right. <laughs> so, I'm... thank you guys. I appreciate it. Absolutely. Yeah. Man. And
2: I, c- I couldn't close it out any better than Kyle did. Uh, have a good night. Yeah. yeah. Thanks, Mike. Hey, thank you guys. <laughs> appreciate it.